0: Space Cadets, and The Legend of the Goliathon. Story by Brent Winzeck and Jordan Stein. Sound design by Chris Shindigay and Man of Science Studios.
1: Episode 5, The Beast Awakens. Deep within the mountains of Minos, Argyle Sox descends a spiral stone staircase. In the lamplight, his eyes are mad with excitement. He leads Kliptok and Stanek into the Candelonian Temple, a dome-shaped room with a cylindrical stone pedestal at center. The temple stones pulsate, a faint pink light rippling within them. Four statues of Candelonians jut from the walls, each holding a weapon.
2: This is...
0: This is incredible. Impossible. Whoa! You okay? Fine! The stone's just zapped my arm! Magnificent! This temple has full power! I'd say so. How is that possible? From what I've deduced, each stone is like the cell of a biomechanical network. A living computer. And we just woke the temple up. It's uploading information to the datacom. Both of the previous temples were drained, and I was barely able to get to the data. But this one's still energized. (laughs) Almost to maximum capacity!
1: And there's the clue I need to find the next planet. The pink light of the temple stones dims. Without warning, the spiral staircase withdraws up into the ceiling, revealing a dark tunnel as their only exit.
3: No turning back, I guess.
1: clip and Stanek step cautiously into the tunnel. Argyle takes one last look at the artwork on the ceiling, his brow furrowing as he notices a drawing of a furry black monster. Ahead, Stanek and Kliptok have followed the tunnel out to the craggy mountainside. Snow falls lightly now as the cadets stand paralyzed with fear, their breath billowing in the cold morning air. A furry black creature, at least forty feet long, lies before them, slumbering. It looks like an enormous black schnauzer with curling ram horns and a large bison hump. Argyle pops his head out of the cave. He frowns as he steps up behind the cadets, resting a trembling but gentle hand on each of their shoulders. It's a woolly-haired Graxon.
0: Just move quietly.
1: Ah! Run! Now!
2: The pod should be back this way. There!
1: Cliptok bolts for the vehicle, sliding down the powdery slope. Stanek and Argyle follow her lead as the Graxon crests the hill behind them. Kliptok reaches the pod, swings its door wide, and starts the engine. She kicks the vehicle into reverse, reeling up the hill to her companions. Argyle jumps in the rear-facing seat and grabs the turret controls. Stanek rides shotgun, frantically pressing his wrist con. Jablon, come in! You never answer my calls. Not now, Jablon. We need immediate evac. Copy that. Keep your signal open and we'll come to you. Cliptock speeds forward into the forest of gnarled purple trees as the Graxon stumbles into a snowdrift behind them. The pod pitches and weaves as the beast gains on them, leaving uprooted trees in its wake.
3: Argyle! That thing's the size of a barn!
1: Yes, and?
3: How are you not hitting it?
1: Cliptock reaches back with her right hand, grabbing the turret. She looks back and forth between her driving and her aim. The Graxon snaps and Argyle cringes, Closing his eyes. Kliptok's shot hits the Graxon and blood spurts from its left eye. It backs off but continues its pursuit.
3: What the hell did you do? Just get ahead of us and open the hatch. Okay,
1: copy. The Explorer flies ahead of the pod, soaring low over the snowy plains. Behind them, the Graxon's massive teeth clamp shut inches from their rear bumper. Kliptok guns it, ramping the pod off a snowdrift and up into the explorer's open cargo bay. The beast stumbles face first into the snow as the ship arcs away, bursting out of atmosphere and easing into orbit over Minos. Not bothering to take off their snow gear, Stanek and Kliptok rush straight to the mess hall where they meet Hank. Snow melts in puddles at their feet as Argyle strolls in behind them and sits, focused on the datacom.
3: Oh. Hello again. Hello.
0: Where have you been?
2: We found the temple. Rendering complete. Multiple options found.
0: Oh. Well, that complicates things. What is it? The maps I've retrieved from the temples are over 60 million years old, meaning the continents of these planets have no doubt changed. So I have the datacom program to account for the shift of tectonic plates and continental drift before cross-referencing life-bearing planets with the maps provided, but... This map has two potential matches. Shame you can't just stop and ask directions. You, sir, are brilliant! I need to go to Zebulon 5. No, no, the furthest we can take you is
1: Smith's Point. Zebulon 5's in the complete opposite direction. We're going. What? We were actually inside a temple. And it was full of energy, like it was alive. What do you mean it was alive?
3: It knew we were there. It gave the map to the datacom.
1: Elaborap's chasing this too. We have to help Argyle.
3: We can't just desert our mission because you're hoping to snare a Labarap! Chaplan, it's out there!
0: <laughs> do I need to make
1: it a direct order? They do have the map. Fine. I'm in. Are you sure it's on Zebulon 5? Rain pours from the grayish-purple sky of Zebulon 5, drumming the forest of emerald and ruby conifers that cover the planet's surface. A dense fog hangs low, shrouding the forest floor as the cadets repel down the side of a towering wall of white rock. Despite their black dusters, they're soaked.
0: Are you sure it's on Zebulon 5? No! But it's process of elimination, really. I'm sorry, at least here I can ask for directions. From who? The Oglodons.
1: They reach the ground, detaching from their safety lines. Argyle squints moving slowly along the base of the cliff until he spots the warm glow of a lantern through the fog no sudden movements just follow my lead as argyle eases forward the fog clears the lantern hangs in a 10-foot wide hole at the base of the cliff swinging gently as flurries of soot cascade past it <laughs> uh, um <laughs> An oglodon pokes its head out of the tunnel, covered in soot and soil. It is an eight-foot-tall horse-like creature with friendly green eyes, long shaggy hair, and a leather miner's cap. Thin forearms grow on either side of the oglodon's mouth, held there like mandibles. Bumpy pink calluses randomly dot its body, and its tail is thick and rounded like a tadpole's. Argyle bows and snorts to the oglodon who nods, motioning for them to follow with one of its little hands. It leads them into the forest along a well-worn trail amidst the green and red pine. The
0: Oglodons are natural miners. Their primary nourishment is a source of grub called Vron that can only be found deep below the planet's surface. This whole continent is probably riddled with tunnels carved out by Grunt's clan. His name is Grunt? Roughly translated, yes. Her name is Grunt.
3: And where is she taking us?
1: To the Oglodon mining camp. They step into the camp, nestled at the base of the white cliffs in a clearing beneath the towering pine trees. Rickety lean-tos the size of small barns are scattered about, covering deep wallows in the ground. The dirt is all freshly trodden and scattered with hoof prints. Stanek notices five caverns dug into the base of the cliffs. One has a wooden mining cart filled with vron, which look like baby blue footballs. A bonfire burns at the center of the clearing, where two more Oglodons sit, roasting Vron on metal skewers. Grunt bares her teeth, a poor attempt at smiling, and rolls a log over for them to sit on. They do so, nodding to the other two Oglodons as Grunt plops her bottom on the ground and grabs a Vron with her mandible hands. Grunt says Henny here is the Oglodon clan
0: leader, and he speaks English. Is that right, Henny? (coughs) I
1: speak Stanglish. How do you know English?
3: He has a damn good teacher.
1: The cadets turn around to see a burly man with a shaggy black beard lumber out of the forest behind them, carrying two small rodent carcasses. He is dressed like a 19th century frontiersman, complete with boots and a 10-gallon hat. But underneath his khaki duster, he wears a ratty old Hawaiian shirt.
0: Ah, yes. This is Pontiac Pontiac Jones. I was hoping you'd still be out here. Of course I am. What are you up to? You look
3: like hell.
0: Well, I was here to ask for help, actually. These are my colleagues, the space cadets. Pleasure.
3: Any here will make sure you're properly fed, and don't mind me. I don't have a stump for those damn bugs, so I'm left to scrounge for vermin.
2: Pontiac have no taste in good food. Come. Try Vron. Try it. Oh, don't mind if I do.
3: Thanks. Oh.
2: <laughs> Grunt wonders that you do not like Davron.
3: Oh, no, it's good. It's just very different. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Grunt says he not like your food neither.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you
0: are here why? We're trying to find a temple living glowing rock or, or dangerous traps Have your clan members encountered anything like that?
3: I should have known you were still chasing that old myth Well you may just have what you're looking for any you remember where the old mines collapsed Our guy wants to see the fire rocks.
2: That's... For a long time, my kin were getting hurt. It's a dangerous place.
3: Uh, he can handle himself.
2: I will not go there.
3: Oh, come on. No one knows those old mines like you. Plus, you can scout for Ronness while you're down there.
2: Come. A short walk. We must head to North Rock Tunnel. Come along. You follow me. Thank you.
3: Hey, don't mention it. It's good to see you. Really. Likewise. When you get back, we'll all have drinks on me. How much further?
0: No far. Keep moving. Henny, when did you first discover the fire rocks? When I was little one.
2: We find the mines. All little ones would go there to be bravest. Here, North Rock Tunnel. Inside, come, we are close. This hole here, you go down. Is tiny, but you will fit, I think. I would dig for you, but there are fire
1: rocks. I wait here for you. Argyle sidesteps a shattered pink stone and leads the way, squeezing into the hole. They drop out onto a ledge of rock at the top of a deep, dark cavern. Cliptock lights a flare and tosses it over the ledge. It falls 40 feet before it ricochets off the crumbled pink stones of a collapsed temple.
3: Break out the climbing gear, boys.
1: Here, give me the rigging hooks. Argyle slides over the edge, rappelling carefully all the way down. He eases into the temple through a gaping hole in the ceiling. Dangling there, he scans the shattered tilework and fragmented stones with a datacom, frowning at a crushed statue of a Candelonian as the cadets drop in around him. I'm not getting an energy reading from this
0: temple. But if the temple's dead, then there's no way to get our next clue. Thank you. There's some glowing rocks above, so there's energy there.
1: No, no, that's not part of the temple. It would probably be one of the tests or traps. So there's no way to make the uplink. Hanging near the ceiling, Stanek notices an iconograph of a Candelonian. He peers at it, wiping away dust and moss. As he touches the stone with his right hand, a spark of pink light jumps from his brace, and the rock glows. Stanek jerks away, his eyes wide. In front of him, The iconography comes alive, depicting Candelonians bowing before bright rays of light in a jungle of palm trees.
0: Argyle? Oh, there may be some energy. (gasps) This is unreal. Just enough.
2: Argyle? Shh. Stay back! Argyle!
1: Suddenly, Hank is yanked up violently, disappearing over the ledge above. Argyle's line jerks next. He reaches for Stanek, grabbing his hand, and plants the datacom firmly in Stanek's palm. Get there first! With that, Argyle is tugged away from the group. Jablon pulls out a pistol, peering up into darkness as he continues to rise. Up on the ledge, Veston and Eldadip shove Hank to the ground as Beniti peers down into the cavern. With his red cape and decorative military jacket, Beniti looks like a futuristic Napoleon. Nadadarg pulls Argyle up over the edge, and a Labarap grabs him by the collar. Well, this is disappointing.
3: You have trespassed on sacred land. Surrender yourselves.
1: Just cut their lines, Beniti. We only
3: need Argyle. No, we mustn't sully the temple with the blood of the unworthy.
1: While they banter, Hank seizes the moment, throwing a double kick that hits Eldadip in the knees and Veston in the groin. The pirates recoil, and Hank pulls a grenade from Eldadip's belt in the struggle, but it tumbles away over the ledge. Trimtash!
2: David, pirates move! Not without Argyle! I've got him! Just move!
1: As a shower of dirt unleashes, a rock glances off Hank's head and he falls <clears throat> limp. Jablon pulls himself up onto the ledge rolls onto his belly and grabs Stanek's line. He heaves and Stanek flops up over the ledge. Immediately, they dive for Klip line. Twenty feet below them, she clings to the rock wall, her fingers straining for a grip. Another shower of dirt and rock rushes over her and she slips, swinging away from the wall. Her harness jolts, dropping her lower as Stanek and Jablon struggle to pull her up. In a final cascade, they lose sight of quick as the dirt envelops everything.
0: Coming soon, Space Cadets and the Pirates of the Outer Rim, the next chapter of our sci-fi radio drama. Get updates on Season 2 and explore the universe with our Space Cadets compendium. Visit spacecadetsradio.com. This has been a Space Cadets Radio production.